only. Carry on only. Dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Polachek. Jill, wonderful to see you again. Likewise. Thank you. I understand we're going to Long Prabang. Where is that? Yes, Long Prabang is in Laos. And Laos is kind of sandwiched between Thailand, Vietnam, and just north of Cambodia. So I put it in this season because Cambodia was one of our our listener favorites. Um, And when you're in this region, it's so easy to take hopper flights around. And Long Prabang is just a short flight, an hour and a half flight from either Siem Reap um, or Hanoi. A lot of people come in through Vietnam or alternatively Bangkok, Thailand. So it's a great stop. It's kind of the chill capital of Southeast Asia, which is why I love it, because it has just a very different energy, a lot of French-inspired architecture, just a place to kind of take it down a notch for a couple of days if you're staying in Long Prabang or if you're exploring more of the country. You know, again, our, we usually recommend kind of seven to ten days as a, as a starting point. But Long Prabang itself is probably, you know, if you're in the region, you could spend you know, three to five days there very comfortably, again, mainly to relax. I understand it being on your radar because you were just in the neighborhood already. Yes. Um, but what did you know about the destination going in? Did, did it have any sort of reputation or characteristics you knew about? I actually knew very little about Long Prabang until I started researching it. And I found that, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful French-inspired town. And so it was very different than what I would have imagined it to be. I kind of, in my mind, I thought, you know, big Asian city, you know, with the usual bells and whistles. And it's actually quite the opposite. It has a very bohemian chic feel to it. Uh, Great boutique hotels, great little wellness spas and destinations, a place that you can really, you know, just bike around the city or go go around by foot, uh, interact with locals, uh, a pace that we don't see so much in that region. And you worked on a book while you were there, right? Yes, several. So the main book I was working on was Asian Design, which is a a book, a coffee table book on wellness and luxury hospitality in Asia. And then I also have another book coming out this August called Modern Refuge, which which focuses on some of our key destination, key favorite wellness places around the world, which I'm really excited about. Wow. Were you working the whole time or was this a little bit of a... a leisurely walkabout? Oh, come on. You know me better than that. <laughs> always, always a bit of both. So it is, <laughs> it, it was very leisurely in that it's a relatively small town. Um, so I was able to make it, you know, do my photo shoots and things and relax and enjoy it all the same. It was such a different pace and such a different energy than say uh, Phnom Penh in Cambodia or certainly Bangkok or Hanoi, which are, you know, very busy, very frenetic cities. So mm-hmm. Coming in along Prabang was like really taking it down a, nice. a lot of notches. You know, you kind of, you're a little hyper at first when you're, you know, you're, you're jazzed up. And so it was just a great way to relax and enjoy and, you know, walk around and, and not really have too much of an agenda. There's certainly enough, enough things to do there if you want to be active all day. But again, not things that you're not checking off the Louvre off your list and like major museums. It's kind of, you know, picking your areas of interest and, walking around town, doing a Mekong River cruise, um, going into Buddhist temples and caves and, and doing that type of thing. So very kind of exploring, but at a gentler pace. 
And was that a challenge for you to slow that down? At first, I think it's always a challenge when you're switching paces, you're switching gears. And so I'm either kind of Mach 7 or stop. I'm not (laughs) good at the, I don't have those middle gauges tuned in so well. So at first it was, you know, know, I'm trying to figure out everything in the town. And, you know, and then I realized, you know, within a day you can kind of get the lay of the land relatively easily. So, but once I, once I coasted down into that zone, it, it felt really, really good. Uh-huh. And a lot of walking and biking, I understand? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not a place that you, you really need taxis. I mean, there are taxis and rickshaws and, and things if you need to get around that way. But for the most part, most of the guest accommodations you'd be staying in are an easy walking distance. Does that mean that uh, perfect travelers for Long Prabang would be uh, very active people? I don't think you have to. It's it's a place where if you're not super active or athletic, you, you would be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally by nature of people who are in the region, they tend to be more adventure travelers. Okay. Um, but it's not, it's definitely, um, it's definitely very accessible for those who aren't up for major exercise. Okay, great. I know you always research a lot before you land in a destination did you have any surprises? I think just generally I had a very different vision of it. And it was so different than I had come from Cambodia, which was our last episode on carry on only. And so, you know, generally when you're in a certain region, you kind of expect the next place you're going to be something close to where you just were. And it was so different more from an energetic standpoint. It was just so much more relaxed. Um, than than Cambodia in a lot of ways and and serene and and, and beautiful and it was kind of a different different feel than any other place that I'd been in Southeast Asia so that was a a surprise and and a welcome one. I I bet it was nice to (laughs) shift into lower gear. Yes. What are your favorite memories from the trip? Well I was able to meet up with um, a good friend of mine there and so it was you know. She just happened to be yeah, in, in Long Prabang. Yeah, she nice. was in. <laughs> I think she was Vietnam, and we're like, oh, let's meet in Long Prabang, you know, as you do for lunch. And and so we had a great time just cruising the city together, walking around, um, having you know dinners and lunch, enjoying the local cuisine. The night market is great there. Um, it's a very accessible night market, easy to eat, very easy place to be as a foreign tourist. Um, and then they have great, typically I'm not a shopper, but the night market in Long Prabang has great handicraft items, beautiful purses, handbags, um, oh. just different knit item, you know, beautiful crafts made locally there. Sounds Probably, like you got sucked in. I got sucked in a little bit, you know, and at the time, you know, like the pom-pom things for the purses were so big and, you know, all over Harper's Bazaar and Vogue magazine and selling for, you know, thousands of dollars and you can pick them up in the market there for, you know, 20 bucks. So it's, it, I, I did enjoy that because it's a part of their artistry, it's a part of their culture, and some of the most beautiful crafts I think I've seen certainly in that region. Yeah. Cool. That's a very nice surprise. Yes. Um, wellness-wise, what did yes. you do? Yes. So I love, one of my dirty little secrets is I love going around to all the top you know, hotels, like I love to see, you know, their spa services, check kind of everything out. And, and, you know, a lot of it's for this show and the books that I do to figure out, you know, what I'd recommend to other people visiting the location. And so we went around, uh, my friend and I, we went to all the spas, we checked everything out, had our high teas. And um, I think they, there's just so much to offer there. And again, it's this very beautiful boho chic kind of environment. 
Um, and you really have so many options at a variety of budgets. You know, you have everything from, there's an Amman resort there, which I think goes oh. for you know, 1200 a night per stay, to just kind of very simple accommodations that are, you know, $20 a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you have a pretty big range of what you can do and how you want to spend your, your budget. I'm assuming you went high end. Not that high end, no. Actually, <laughs> we went, I think at the time... I think it was a busier time that I was there. And so we had booked an accommodation that it was actually, um, I think it was actually on the lower end in terms of the boutiques. Yeah. Yeah. Totally satisfactory. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a very, very safe area. Um, So there's no concerns that way. It's really good place. If you are trying to save on a budget, that would be a good place to do it because the accommodations are still nice. They're very, you know, they feel very colonial and that, you know, French, Louisian kind of way. Okay. Um, so I think regardless of where you stay, I think it's, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. So you mentioned that it seemed like it was the busy season when you were there. Uh, what is the seasonality and the, when's an ideal time to go the in your I- estimation? The ideal time of year to visit was October through April. I think I was there during Chinese New Year, so there were just a lot of tourists. And I booked at the very last second. How bold of you. Yes. <laughs> what... What were the circumstances of you just booking so quickly? Do you remember? I don't quite remember, but I'm sure as usual, I was on my my lunch break and thinking, you know, I need to, you know, I'm always typing in tickets as we've talked a lot about on the show. I'm always like checking airfares. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I had this like break in my schedule between shoots. And so I I kind of put it together and I thought, no, I couldn't possibly leave for Southeast Asia in like two days and Mm -hmm. stay there for two weeks. And then everything kind of fell into place. I found the hotels. I found the airfare. I didn't realize how easy it was to jump around the region in flights and how reasonable it was. And so once I looked into it, I just, I pulled the trigger and went. Would you recommend that other prospective visitors go very spontaneously? Or if you had it to do over again, would you have plotted out and made more advanced reservations and... I think in Southeast Asia, you can really go either way. Okay. It's such an it's such an easy place to travel to, and it's so budget friendly. Really, that it, it it's really up to you. Uh, most people, I think, on average, spend a little bit more time researching where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think you can go either way. How did you devise your your budget for the trip, and how did you? actually hit those those budgetary <laughs> goals those numbers yeah um well the first area because it was a multi-city trip i went through a flight broker called air Treks, and their website is air Treks, a-i-r-t-r-e-k-s.com um, which i love because they're so knowledgeable about travel and they really helped kind of figure out the best pattern in the region and anytime i'm going to like Asia or the Middle East, I always check in with them just to see. Oftentimes there's, there's stops that you can do that don't really change the price of the ticket. And so in this case, I was doing um, Cambodia, Laos, uh, Northern Thailand, and Myanmar. And so we, we figured out the order of it. We figured out you know what from what city to go to the next. And we got the ticket to a really good price. And then from there, I just looked at, they helped me. They suggested different Uh, accommodations and I could kind of pick like do I want you know a medium boutique hotel or do I want to go high end or do I want to go low end and so we just put it all together and 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 got those numbers in but Southeast Asia is very budget friendly and so you have lots of options if you want to go high end you can do that if you want to kind of stay in the middle you can stay at very very nice hotels 
And if you're on a super slim budget, you can still have a very nice trip there. You mentioned a lot of walking and biking and Mm -hmm. that it's very pedestrian friendly. Did you need transportation within the country at any point? I, no, just, just to and from the airport, really. Okay, yes. and that was easily arranged? Yes, that Great. was super easy. And we did go on a Mekong River cruise. So yeah. We'll count that as transportation oh, sure. to see the Buddhist caves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that was really it. And that was a nice, again, a nice break to just kind of be on foot and not have to worry about getting cars, taxis, Ubers. And um, also another, exercise. A, another yeah. budget thing. Exactly. Like less money. Saving money. Selling out, yep. Uh, we haven't talked about cuisine. Yes. What's Laotian cuisine? Uh, Laotian cuisine is a great, so it's, a, it's, it's really nice for people who are a little bit more stomach sensitive if you're not into the super spicy food oh. that Southeast Asia is known for. So it does have a, there is a French influence to it. Um, you still have kind of the, the typical Asian staples to it. Um, and one of the best ways to enjoy it, I think, is to start out your first evening there at the night market because you can try all different things. They'll tell you what things are um, and kind of pick and choose um, what you like. Being a tourist destination, there are also international, other international cuisines available as well. But one of my favorite desserts, in fact, I made it in a cooking class. We learned how to make it with you take bougainvillea flowers and use Ooh. to dye the rice and um, add it. It's a, it's a sweet dish that I think is great. It sounds like it would be beautiful. Yes. Yes. Cool. We know that you're a very experienced packer and you are usually able to travel carry on only. Yes. Wouldn't that be a great title for a That would be. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) How did you pack for this trip? The nice thing about Long Prabang is that it's very casual. I can't think of anywhere that you would be where you would need you know, any type of really formal attire. There are a couple of nicer restaurants and certainly in the luxury hotels um, there are, but it's, it's very, very casual. Okay. One of the and more of casual course, places. always good walking shoes, Always, right? yes, always. Right. Yeah. right. Well, thank you for this introduction to the destination of Long Prabang. And thank you for listening. That's all that we have time for today, but please do tune in again next month so you can hear our next episode of Carry On Only with Jill Pater. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at JillPater.com.